Good morning, Orlando. The Halloween edition of the show. We're glad you're up and at them early here at 6 o'clock for our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger, and I'd like to welcome in for the first time bringing us the news for Deborah Roberts this morning, Cecily Wilson. Glad hey you're with us. Good morning. Glad to be here. Glad to be here in our top stories this morning. It's a final push for votes. And Orange County approves money for a Pulse Memorial. We'll have those details coming up for you in just one minute. And we'll talk about Trump derangement syndrome on display in Pittsburgh, of all places. And the president's call for an end to birthright citizenship. My take and yours ahead on Good Morning Orlando. President Trump will be on the stump in Florida this evening for gubernatorial hopeful Ron DeSantis and Governor Rick Scott, who's running for U.S. Senate. The president's rally will take place at the Hertz Arena in Fort Myers. Eckerd College political science Tony Brunello says Scott clearly needs the boost that President Trump can deliver in the final days of the campaign. His previous two campaigns for governor, turnout was really, really low, and he won narrow, narrow victories. In this climate, it's different. And I think he senses that. So I think he, I think this change of heart on his part is a sign of a little bit of desperation creeping into that campaign. Meantime, former President Barack Obama will be campaigning for DeSantis' Democratic rival Andrew Gillum in Miami on Friday. And Gillum will get some campaign help from former presidential candidate and Democratic Senator Bernie Sanders today. Sanders will hold a rally at USF in Tampa at 3.30. Hard to believe, Cecily, one week from this morning, our big story will be the election results. Absolutely. We will have a new governor with those election results coming up. That news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. More on the voting front, but this one closer to home. University of Central Florida political science professor Aubrey Jewett says the alleged Mel Bomber's Florida ties and support of President Donald Trump could rally Florida voters who are opposed to the president's agenda. You might think that Democrats in Florida would really mobilize and turn out, maybe even at higher levels than they were already going to, just in backlash because of, you know, being horrified by this. The suspected bomber is accused of mailing explosives to CNN, as well as prominent Democrats and vocal critics of the president. Orange County is taking steps to build what the mayor calls a sacred space. The county commission voted yesterday to use $10 million in hotel tax to build a memorial and museum at the site of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Mayor Teresa Jacobs says the site will tell the stories of the 49 angels killed in the shooting two years ago, and it will ensure future generations learn about the detrimental impact of hate and intolerance. The commission also voted yesterday to give the Orlando Ballet $4 million to build a new venue. Worshippers of different faiths continue to show unity after a deadly synagogue shooting. A step of, excuse me, the a step the hate vigil was held last night in Orlando at the Congregation of Reform Judaism. A Methodist minister told the crowd of hundreds, "We can honor the 11 people killed in Pittsburgh this weekend by rising above hate with a voice of love." Rabbi Stephen Engel says words matter and we need to be conscious of the way we speak to each other. Well, indeed we do. And we publicized that event and it's just off Lee Road. And they had that was absolutely packed to the point where they had spillover parking in the in the not all that close Home Depot. And they were busing people in. There was a great outpouring 
you know, and, 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 and all across um, uh, the political spectrum and uh, Jews, non-Jews all together. Um, it, was, it was a great, great evening. As Bird it poignant. should be. Yep. As it should be. You bet. And finally, bud, children and hopefully parents are hitting the streets together for what? Trick or treating. Yeah. That's right. Matt Newsworthy with AAA in Tampa says that's a big concern because pedestrian accidents are going up in general. A night like tonight is particularly dangerous because not only do you have an increased amount of pedestrian traffic with Halloween and trick-or-treaters and their parents, but then you also have, you know, it's during the week, so there's also that uh, afternoon rush hour uh, factor. Uh, AAA's advice to motorists, simple, slow down on the side streets, turn on your headlights, put down the phone, and don't drink and drive. That's it. Yep. WFLA News Radio News Time is 606, bud. It's great to have you with us, Cecily Wilson. Uh, you've been a familiar face and voice in this town for many, many years, but the first time you're with us on the 50,000 watt front porch and <laughs> for Deborah Roberts this morning. How does it feel? It feels amazing. Glad to be back. It's great to have you here. For folks who don't know you as well as we do, introduce yourself to uh, the folks who are listening to us all across the Florida Peninsula yeah, this morning. Veteran broadcast journalist right here in the Central Florida area with Local 6, with uh, WMFE, PBS, and also um, Growing Boulder with uh, Mark Middleton. Absolutely right. It's terrific to have you with us here this morning. You're a delightful presence. And, of course, uh, you got the really huge shoes to fill. Absolutely. And yeah. I hope I can do a good job. The Debmeister um, is turning it over to you for the morning. And we are glad you're with us. Catch you for news at the bottom of the hour whenever it breaks. All right? See you then. Cecily Wilson. Yaffe in the control room. Steph is screening calls. You know, yesterday the president, the first lady... Daughter Ivanka, husband Jared Kushner, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, all went to Pittsburgh to pay their respects at the synagogue where 11 were slaughtered and to visit the hospital where survivors are recovering. The president was very, very low-key, really made no public remarks whatsoever, played the role of consoler-in-chief. And all he got for his trouble in Pittsburgh were thousands of anti-Trump protesters in the streets. I didn't have a problem with the president. I had a problem with them. And that's where we begin in just a moment. And your phone calls always welcome at 407-916-5400 on the protests of Trump's visit to Pittsburgh. What's your reaction to what happened there? And if you're not quite familiar with what did, I will get you up to speed in a moment. 407-916-5400. Our toll-free is 866-916-5400. And the text line, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. First up, our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest, where you could win 1000 bucks. Listen now for the keyword of the hour. Text the keyword to 200-200. Somebody's going to win a grand. How about you? Good luck. That followed immediately by an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes for you on Good Morning Orlando. Trump derangement syndrome. I mean, the people who do not like this president have gotten to the point of being so irrational in their hatred for him, their contempt for anything related to Trump. 
almost all of it completely unjustified as I view it here, that they can't help themselves. Yesterday, the president, the first lady, daughter Ivanka, and son-in-law Jared, and some others, but not many, made a solemn trip to pay their respects to a grieving Pittsburgh in the wake of the slaughter of 11 last Saturday morning at that synagogue. Um, there were some local leaders who said that the president shouldn't come or shouldn't come now. Um, and he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. If he doesn't go, he doesn't have a heart. He doesn't care about Jews. Aha, we knew he was anti-Semitic. He shows up. It's the wrong time because we're burying some of the dead. Um, you shouldn't be here because your rhetoric stokes the fires of political violence in this country. Here was some of the protests within earshot of the president. He couldn't see him, but he could clearly hear them a block or so away in the middle of all of this outpouring of grief and mourning. The protesters took their eye off that ball because Trump was here and they had to give him an earful. And here's some of it. President Trump. You are not welcome in Pittsburgh until you fully renounce white nationalism. Why should he renounce something he's never embraced? He is calling for nationalism. He's a nationalist. America first. And look what he's done domestically here with his America first program. And it's lifting all boats. Everybody in the group of protesters there, their personal economic situation is better than it would have been without Trump's economic policies. He's got us leading on the world stage in a way we haven't seen in generations. All of this is what being a nationalist is all about. It has nothing to do with white nationalism. It he's not doesn't stand for that. And he never has. I thought it was outrageous. I thought it was unfortunate. I thought it was inappropriate. But Yaffe, I thought it was a clear demonstration of the left. And they are afflicted with Trump derangement syndrome. And, 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 and there is no situation in which they would consider staging a protest inappropriate, even in the middle of the grieving in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've seen them protest at restaurants. We've seen them protest in the middle of the street. We've seen them protest at people's houses. But, I mean, for them to do this, you're right. It seems like nothing. No places, you know, off limits to them. We'll be talking more about this. The president's visit, I mean, I, I thought he did it in, in a wonderfully understated way. There were no public remarks at all. Three hours on the ground. Um, and And he... I mean, he seemed quite moved and quite reverent as he um, and his family walked among the um, the makeshift memorials outside the the synagogue there, placing small stones taken from the White House grounds on the on the white stars. Melania placing single white rosebuds. The president heard under his breath saying, "How very, very sad." Hopefully, we will learn a lot from what happened. Went inside the synagogue met with leaders of the synagogue, went to the hospital where the gunman and those wounded by him are being treated, spent nearly an hour and a half there meeting with law enforcement and with patients, and then quietly went on his way. I thought the president struck just the right tone as the consoler-in-chief yesterday, 
I had no problem with him. I had a problem with the protesters. In a moment, the anti-Trump media machine cranks up and goes for the president hard on his call for an end to birthright citizenship. What is birthright citizenship anyway? Where does it come from? And what does it do to America? We're getting into it with you in a moment. Download the absolutely free, phenomenal iHeartRadio app. It is so versatile, and it won't cost you a penny. If you love music like I do, and you've got your favorite songs, your favorite artists, your favorite stations for the music you love, you can put them all together and get your weekly mixtape at no cost to you, updated every single week with brand new songs. It's an amazing feature, the iHeartRadio app, that, among other things, will give you an absolutely crystal clear signal of everything we do right here on Good Morning Orlando and WFLA 24-7-365 forever. Download the free iHeartRadio app. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic is up next, and that will happen for you in just two minutes. We are glad you're with us here on Good Morning Orlando. So President Trump fed a little red meat to the base, but he's been talking about ending birthright citizenship for many years, years before he even decided to run for president, okay? I mean, let's put that to rest. And he's grabbed a hold of the news cycle again, and the anti-Trump media machine is absolutely going out of their mind. This president has no idea. He can't call for an executive order ending birthright citizenship. That's enshrined in the Constitution of the United States, and it can't be undone by an executive order. Well, more on that in a moment. But if you're just catching up with this big story, the president plans to sign an executive order that would, if it stood, end the right to citizenship for babies of illegal immigrants born on U.S. soil. Um, He talked about it to Axios, and here is a little sound of that. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. Actually, among the 200 or so nations in the world, there are about 30 that have some form of birthright citizenship. Um, But no one in Europe has it. The U.K. has gotten rid of it. India has gotten rid of it. Um, The U.S. and Canada are the only two countries in this hemisphere that uh, do birthright citizenship um, basically the same way. I mean, uh, it's, um, it's something that needs to go. And where in the world does it come from? I am glad you asked. It actually comes from the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution passed in 1868 in the wake of the Civil War designed to make sure that recently freed slaves had citizenship. It was a huge controversy then, and it was a very big deal. But not until the 1960s was the 14th Amendment, which says with its opening clause this, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Remember the phrase subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That's where the president is going here to try to get this undone by executive order. Not until the 1960s did that get interpreted in a way that it was never meant by those who put this Constitution together and those in the United States of the time who ratified it. Not until the 1960s did we start allowing 
illegal immigrants to have children in this country, now known as anchor babies, and they enjoy instant citizenship with all its benefits because of the 14th Amendment. It, it, it was never meant to be used that way. The United States Supreme Court, where this is ultimately headed, I'm sure, has never ruled on whether or not the 14th Amendment means that the children of people in this country illegally are um, instantly citizens the moment they are born. There's been a ruling that legal immigrants who come into this country and have a child, that child is a citizen. That's not controversial at all. But now we're talking about people who broke into this country. They have a kid. The kid becomes an instant citizen, an anchor baby, all right, and a magnet for other family members to come into this country, you know, and chain migration is is set in motion by virtue of that. They get all the benefits of citizenship. They tap into our welfare system safety net uh, at great expense to the American taxpayers. And three or 400,000 um, people a year uh, we, uh, are born into this citizenship, courtesy of the 14th Amendment. And the president is right. This needs to be ended. Now, he can issue the executive order, and there is a narrowly tailored executive order that constitutional experts on the conservative side say that rests on the view that the children of, un, of illegal immigrants are not subject to the jurisdiction of the U.S. Remember that line, right? From the 14th Amendment, subject to the jurisdiction thereof, that they are not subject to the jurisdiction of the U.S. and thus not citizens by virtue of birthright. And that's an argument that can be made. My guess is this won't work. It will be instantly, instantly challenged in court. A judge will put the executive order the president will issue on hold. It will go through the court system, and it will ultimately be ruled on by the United States Supreme Court. That's the only way to fix, I think, the abuse of the 14th Amendment and clarify and codify in law, in the Constitution, that this is not what the 14th Amendment was for. And it is being abused and it needs to end. If you want to react to all of that, we'll take calls in the next half hour, 407-916-5400. Are you in favor of what the president wants to do? All the media could do yesterday was say, this guy's a complete idiot. He is absolutely clueless. Nobody, nobody would address the issue of whether or not what's being done using the 14th Amendment is, is, is bad public policy which it undeniably is, 407-916-5400. And the president's tough on illegal immigration. This is an extension of it. It's not a pre-election stunt. It's something he has stood for for years, and it is something that needs to be changed. And he's the first one who's had the guts to try and get it done. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate, up next, in for Deborah Roberts this morning, Cecily Wilson with the news. Good morning, Orlando. At six thirty now. Good morning, Orlando. Glad you're with us at the bottom of the six thirty, uh, the six o'clock hour. If you're just joining us right now, we have a news update. And in for Deb for the first time joining us this morning, um, veteran newswoman um, Cecily Wilson. We're inside a week. We'll be reporting the election results one week from this morning. And boy, the Florida campaign trail is getting hotter than ever. What have you got? It's getting hot in here as Election Day approaches. President Trump is making two stops in Florida this week. The first one tonight in the Fort Myers area. The Republican candidates for governor and U.S. Senate Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott are expected to be at the rally that starts at 7 p.m. at the Hertz Arena. 
Trump will also be joined by DeSantis at a rally in Pensacola on Saturday night. Meanwhile, Senator Bernie Sanders will stump for Democratic candidate for Governor Andrew Gillum at the University of Central Florida in Orlando this morning and at the University of South Florida in Tampa this afternoon. The news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Top Democrats are blasting the president's plan to limit the birthright citizenship as pre-election fear-mongering. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel said Trump doesn't have the authority to limit birthright citizenship, which is protected by the 14th Amendment, but does have an interest in dividing the country. Congressman Luis Gutierrez says the plan seems time to motivate this political base to go to the polls. Trump Monday night said he plans to sign an executive order ending birthright citizenship to children born in the U.S. to legal immigrants. November is National Diabetes Awareness Month, and the rates of type 1 diabetes are on the rise. Dr. Aaron Kowalski, the chief mission officer for JDRF, an organization that funds diabetes research, says even though type 1 diabetes, once known as juvenile diabetes, you can be diagnosed at any age. In Europe, at least, and we think it's similar in the United States, 50% of type 1 diagnoses are happening above age 30. Kowalski says there is research happening in Tampa to study a way to transplant human cells to normalize the body's control of blood sugar. He says this could be a step toward curing diabetes type 1 diabetes. An infamous Boston mobster who hid from the authorities in Santa Monica is now dead. James Whitey Bulger's body was found today shortly after he was transferred to a high-security prison in West Virginia. Prison workers say two fellow inmates who may have had ties to the mob murdered the former FBI informant. Bulger had been convicted of killing at least 11 people and was serving a life sentence. He was one of FBI's most wanted list and on the run for 16 years until his 2011 arrest in Santa Monica. WFLA News Time 6. 36. I'm Cecily Wilson, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thank you, Cecily. Catch you for more news in for Deb this morning at the top of the hour and whenever it breaks. Now let's uh let's throw the switch and open up the connection to New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom, where we find, as always, Gina Cervetti to bring us the Bloomberg Business Report. And happy Halloween. Good Wednesday morning to you. Happy Halloween, bud. All right. We're going to get into the business report here, uh, starting with your check of the stock futures mm-hmm. to see what might be coming down the pike. What do you got? The stock futures are not scary this morning. They mm-hmm. actually <laughs> they look pretty good, or they're scaring up some gains. Let's put it that way. Right now we have the Dow futures up 122 points, so it certainly looks like we're headed for gains at the open on Wall Street as investors head toward the end of the worst month for global equities in six years. And it was a tumultuous day yesterday that ended sharply higher. The Dow jumped 432 points to 24,875. The S&P was up 41 or 1.6% to 2683. All sectors rose, led by communication, energy, and materials stocks. NASDAQ was up 111. Earnings did power some of the gains we had yesterday, and the Bloomberg Orlando Index right in there with the rest of them, rising 2.3%. And right now, Gina, let's put the Bloomberg spotlight on what's going on with Papa John's. The the pizza chain here has been having all kinds of problems, and... uh, Their stock is surging now. What's going on with Papa John's? 
Yeah, the stock really jumped higher yesterday on a report that Bain Capital and CVC Capital Partners are among private equity firms considering buying the struggling pizza chain. Reuters also said that KKR and Rourke Capital, a couple of others, have been circling. An earlier report said Wendy's and Tryan Management have evaluated takeover bids here. But... Any kind of transaction won't be easy without the backing of founder John Schnatter, who still owns about 30% of Papa John's. Now let's focus on Facebook, you know, and I mean, the sky seems to have been the limit for, for years and years now, right now. But it may be that Facebook with investors has seen its best days. What do you know? Well, they issued a mixed earnings report, but the social network may be reaching a saturation point. Both monthly and daily active users posted slight misses in the third quarter at 2.27 billion and 1.49 billion, respectively, although the user numbers did slightly rise in North America. And on another brighter note, revenue and earnings in the latest quarter beat estimates. All right, and finally, an update on driverless cars. I mean, this technology... Sounds wonderful, but they got a long way to go to get it perfected. And I, I just rue the day that I'm sharing the road uh, with, with, with cars with nobody behind the wheel. Apparently, that's about to happen. Thank goodness it's about to happen far from here. What can you tell us? <laughs> well, California's Department of Motor Vehicles has granted Waymo, the state's first permit, to test driverless vehicles on public roads without, this is key, a safety driver behind the wheel. The test will involve a fleet of roughly three dozen vehicles. Waymo is owned by Alphabet, which, of course, also owns Google. All right, just one more reason why uh, I won't put anything in California on the Budman's bucket list here. I'm staying out of that state. <laughs> All right, Gina, thank you very much. Happy Halloween, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning on, on Good Morning Orlando. Thanks, Bud. You too. <laughs> okay, good deal. Listen, I, um, I said I would take calls here, and I will. I already have a couple on the line. Uh, reacting to the first two talk topics, uh, I want to know your thoughts on how the president was treated with those protests in Pittsburgh yesterday. I thought it was just an, an, just another example of just completely out of control and inappropriate displays of Trump derangement syndrome. The president was about as presidential as he could possibly be. He did it right. The protesters, I thought, were way out of line. And the president calling for an executive order to end birthright citizenship for illegals in this country. I tried to explain what this is all about and why, while I doubt that the executive order will work, initially this will find its way to the Supreme Court, and I believe there will be changes made so the 14th Amendment is not abused as it is being abused with this whole anchor baby concept. So I want to know what you think on both topics, and I'm opening up the 50,000-watt front porch at 407-916-5400 on either topic or both. And our toll-free is 866-916-5400, text line 23680, standard message and data rates apply. Smartest audience in talk radio is next. Join the conversation. We'll get to you right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM and AM 540. Your reaction to the president's solemn visit to Pittsburgh to mourn. Those who were slaughtered at the synagogue, the protests that went on within earshot, and the president's call and the reaction to it, his call for um, ending birthright citizenship for illegals in this country, which he's talked about, by the way, for years. 
on both topics. Howell, you're first up with a Budman. Good morning, Howell, from Orlando. What are your thoughts? Hey, Bud. One thing i got to say good about the protesters is that they obeyed their, their, they obeyed their leaders very good. They obeyed Nancy Water, I mean, uh, uh, Waters about uh, getting their face. They obey Holder by kicking them while they're down. And they obey Hillary Clinton by saying no more civility. So hey, they're doing pretty good at what yeah. their ob- leaders tell them to do. As, as po- protests go, it was, very, it was quite tame, you know. Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is it was completely inappropriate. And, uh, and, yeah. and it really was. It truly was. The president sure was. Did, did, did nothing to warrant that. Go ahead on the other topic. Another topic on the uh, 14th Amendment, yep. Trump needs to do that and make a stand with it, and it might be rejected by the first court. But I think the Supreme Court would uh, just go with what he's saying, I do believe. All right, Howell, thank you very much. Yaffe, before I continue with the calls and go to the text line, your take on all of this. Well, I'm, I agree with everyone. I agree with you. I agree with the caller that this is bad policy. If you look at the history of the 14th Amendment, it's almost plainly obvious to me it wasn't intended to include illegal aliens. The biggest problem with this, though, is it's not at all clear if he can do this by executive order. Exactly. So even if this does well, go but, but, to the courts. He, he can issue the executive order, but instantly it will be challenged. There's nothing to stop him from signing an executive well, yeah, exactly order, Mike. Right. But it'll be instantly challenged already, the ACLU says, and, 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 and other organizations, too. And it will, it will be stopped by a judge. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt it'll probably stop that same day. Right. I just, the courts may be able to rule against the executive order without ruling on the 14th Amendment. That's what I'm worried about, that even this might not settle it. And it's really up to Congress to settle this, I think. It may well be that you can go ultimately to the Supreme Court playing a stronger hand if you have, you know, if you have congressional action on this as opposed to just an executive order from the president. Yeah. Now, what I will say is this brought the debate to the forefront, which may may force Congress to act. So that's part of this as well. Kevin, joining the conversation from New Smyrna Beach. Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, bud. In my mind, uh, laws mean what they meant to the people who drafted them and, more importantly, to the people who ratified them. During the 14th Amendment ratification process, the question was brought up specifically about foreign dignitaries who have children on American soil the answer was no, their children would not be citizens by default because their parents were not subject to the laws and jurisdictions of the United States. The executive, being President Trump, his job is to uphold and enforce the Constitution. So I think an executive order is completely appropriate in this case to uphold and enforce the actual intent of that amendment. Well, you raise a great point because what you're talking about with the, the discussion 150 years ago about the foreign diplomats coming here having babies, are they citizens or not, brings into uh, focus what is now another angle on this the president has a problem with and quite appropriately, and it's called uh, birthright tourism, where people come into this country and have a baby in this country, and then that baby becomes a citizen. As with most things constitutional, the contemporary understanding is a complete perversion of what was originally intended. Thank you, Kevin, very much. Good stuff. Text line, Yaffe, what's coming in on this? Uh, yes, as a lot of issues on this show, we got people on both sides of this. One person says this, says, as much as I feel the 14th Amendment needs to be changed, Trump has to avoid doing it with an executive order. Opening up that cans, uh, can of worms scares me. That's what one texter says. He's not going to be able to do it with the executive order. I mean, he can issue the executive order, right. but it's going to be put on hold, and it's going to wind up working its way through the court system, and only the Supreme Court ultimately can get this done. Yeah, but a lot of people support him on this. 
mm-hmm. on the text line. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm with him all the way. Absolutely. He's been talking about it for years, so don't call this a pre-election stunt. Very interesting little story on Channel 6 News that we ran into here. Out of St. Augustine, where at St. Augustine High School, a teacher in an advanced English uh, exam, a teacher in an advanced English class in high school, put together a bunch of test questions for the students. And one of the students happens to be a guy by the name of um, Logan Parham. He's also the head of the school's Republican Club. And he took a smartphone screenshot of the questions on the test. And um, there were 16 of them shown on um, on this test, the questions. But question number seven he thought was rather curious, and he took a screenshot of it, and he showed it to his mom, and uh, mom went right to the school district to say, what in the world is going on in this class? Here is question number seven on the advanced English exam put together by a teacher, and I don't have the name, at St. Augustine High School up in St. John's County. Question seven read... Right when it appeared the nation was becoming increasingly tolerant of alternative lifestyles, immigration, and minorities, the vocal and angry right wing forced the nation to make a complete blank. I guess the answer is a 180. Embracing bigotry, xenophobia, and sexism. The teacher put that in the, in, in the test. Her anti-Trump bias on display with a test question she's responsible for. While the school... Uh, District said they were not aware of the content of the test. They're looking into it internally. And now that it is all being addressed, but they won't tell us how. My guess is nothing but a stern word or two. No action will be taken against the teacher. But Yaffe, I just wonder, you know, knowing in general how liberal those who are in power in our public school systems are, what the reaction might have been at the question read like this. Just when America was enjoying the strongest economy ever for all its people and once again commanding respect on the world stage, the vocal and angry left wing embraced socialism and globalism, weakening our nation here and abroad. What do you think would have happened to that teacher, Yaffe? Trust me, nothing's going to happen to the teacher off question seven as I read it. But if this had been on the test, what happens to that teacher? Well, it would have probably been covered on all the major news networks. You would have been fired publicly, maybe even harassed on social media constantly. Oh, it would have been put a in the stocks in the public square. <laughs> exactly. Hard, feathered, run out of town on a rail, for God's sake. You know it's yeah. true. It's amazing that she thought she could get away with this. Yeah, really, you know? (laughs) Anyway, there you go. Right when it appeared, this is how it was in a test, the nation was becoming increasingly tolerant of alternative lifestyles, immigration, and minorities. The vocal and angry right wing forced the nation to make a complete 180, embracing bigotry, xenophobia, and sexism. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to know the rest of the story, and I'll guarantee you, well, as close as I can, because I really don't know the individual players here. 
but I know what goes on in the academic world. Just like, hey, keep the politics out of the test questions or, nice job, nice job. Here's a pay raise and some time off. You know, who knows exactly what's going on internally there. But good reporting by Channel 6 on what was going on at the high school in St. Augustine. I'm telling you. We're not putting up with this nonsense. And I'm glad that that kid, head of the Republican Club, called the teacher out and the mom followed through. Good stuff. In for Deborah Roberts with the news for the first time on our show here this morning, Cecily Wilson. Cecily, welcome aboard. Great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. You look fired up and ready to go with the news update. I am. I am. I'm ready to go. So thank you for having me again, bud. It's great to have you with us on the 50,000-watt front porch. Cecily next with all the news, including a final push for votes and Florida Tax Watch with advice for whoever might become the next Florida governor. It's Good Morning Orlando, the Halloween edition from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, it's pound 250, keyword real estate. Good morning from us all at 659. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on the Halloween edition of the show at 7 o'clock as we update you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Cecily Wilson. We'll have those details coming up in just one minute. And we're hopping on the Trump train. I've punched your ticket. You don't want to miss it. And also in this half hour, your chance to win a great prize on Sound Judgment. It's the second hour of Good Morning Orlando. And at 7.03 on News Radio 93.1, as President Donald Trump begins a final six-day, eight-state campaign swing before the 2018 midterm elections, a review of his schedule shows a series of stops which are focused more on maintaining control of the U.S. Senate and preserving the states with Republican governors in Ohio, Georgia, and Florida with GOP efforts to save the U.S. House taking a back seat. The president begins his work with a Halloween evening rally in Fort Myers tonight. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. There are folks who are already online. The first people showed up 30 hours ahead of this wow. rally. 8,500-seat arena down in the Fort Myers area in Estero, and I'm sure it'll be a sellout. The stakes are high. He's trying to get Ron DeSantis over the finish line and Rick Scott, too, among others. Absolutely. We're, yeah, inside a week. This Standing room only in there. Standing yeah, room it only. it will be that for sure. That's for sure. Well, the Sunshine State gets a new governor in January, and Florida Tax Watch is offering him some tips on the new gig. Tax Watch Director Dominic Cal- Cal- Calabro says they've compiled a handbook to help the new governor deal with the transition. Whoever wins, whether it's Mayor Gillum or Congressman DeSantis, either, uh, we're looking forward to helping him and his team get a quick jump on preparing to govern. Former Mayor Governor Bob Martinez says the winner for next week's election will only have two months to prepare, and there's a lot to be done, like uprooting the family. In my case, my wife and I had to move out of Tampa to come here. So you have a few things you've got to tend to that are personal in nature to make the move to the state capitol to live in the governor's mansion. So it's a lot. While the new governor needs to assemble a strong team, Martinez says it's just as important to remember all those people from the campaigning trail. 
Volusia County teachers will be getting a pay raise. That's good news. Agreement on a new three-year contract was reached last night after six months of negotiations. It calls for a 3% increase this year and a 7.5% raise over the life of the deal. The teachers also agreed to extend the school day by 30 minutes for elementary school students. The contract must still be approved by the teachers' union and the school board. Well, Halloween has become a day for grown-ups just as much as for the children. And that means parties at which people could have too much to drink. Now, AAA has its tow-to-go service up and running tonight. The scariest part of Halloween isn't the spooky costumes or scary pranks. It's the alcohol-impaired drivers. Tragically, Halloween drunk driving fatalities are on the rise. Traffic safety spokesperson John Pacheco with the Auto Club Florida in Auto Club Group in Florida says they'll be offering rides all night till 6 Thursday morning. It's a free tow to any safe place within 10 miles. Intended as a last resort if you didn't make much better plans, such as a taxi, a ride share, or anything like that, the number to call is toll-free. All you need to do is call one 855 the number 2, T-O-W, to go. Or that's one 9246 Really? I mean, with all of that at your disposal here, no excuse for being out on the road when None. you shouldn't be driving. Not at all. Not no. at all. Be, cave, be careful out there tonight. Finally, the Panhandle residents hit hard by Hurricane Michael are getting a break this time. The Florida Public Service Commission has approved requests for two power companies to temporarily waive the rule that requires monthly electric bills. Now, that will apply to more than 28,000 Duke Energy customers in Bay, Gulf, Franklin, and Wakulla counties, and about 13,000 Florida Public Utilities customers in Jackson, Calhoun, and Liberty counties. PSC Chairman Art Graham says those residents can now focus on recovery without worrying about their bill. That's important. It is. WFLA News Time. It's now 7.07. Read about Unpermitted music video shoot causes panic at Los Angeles Church at WFLA Radio, WFLAOrlando.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. I love that music, especially on Halloween. Nothing spooky about having Cecily Wilson with us right now. Um, She's a familiar presence to many of you in Central Florida, has worked in the news business in Tampa, here uh, locally at Channel 6. Cecily, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. It's nice to have you in here. We're building a little bit of bench strength, and uh, it's nice to give you an opportunity um, (laughs) to bring us the news for Deb this morning. You've got some big shoes to fill. You're doing very well. How are you holding up? I'm holding up pretty good, thank you, because of... That that dead meister is the beast. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's kind of the wizard behind the curtain helping yes. you get through this here this morning, and we are glad you're with us. We'll get to know you a little bit better a little later in the show, okay? Glad to be here. Thank you, All bud. Right, good deal. It's good morning, Orlando, from the Front Gate Realty Studio. From your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. Yaffe playing the pipe organ in there and producing when he has a free moment. And Steph will be taking your phone calls. We're on the Trump train talking about the two. Big topics I get into in the 6 o'clock hour. If you're just joining us right now, did you have a problem as I did? The media had no problem with it about thousands protesting President Trump making a solemn and respectful 
trip to the site of the slaughter at the synagogue in protest? Really? I mean, in, in Pittsburgh? Really? Thousands of protesters telling the president they don't want him in town? You know, taking the rye off the ball here? Trump derangement syndrome. And it was outrageous. And nobody's called him on it except me. And the president calling for an executive order to end birthright citizenship for illegal aliens in this country. Um, I'm all for it. This is not going to be easy to do, but this is something that has needed to be done for generations. And I salute the president for having the guts to take this on. Where do you stand on either one or both? We're on the Trump train, and uh, you can drive the train for me right now and uh, and, and hop on the 50,000-watt front porch and tell me what you think, 407-916-5400. The text line 23680 with standard message and data rate supply. First things first, though, it's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. You can win a thousand bucks. Just listen now for the keyword of this hour, and you text that keyword right away to 200 200. You could win a thousand dollars. Good luck. Also, an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just two minutes away for you right here on Good Morning Orlando. So, President Trump has the anti-Trump media machine and the left apoplectic again, and he has once again grabbed a hold of the news cycle um, with his call for an executive order he plans to sign to end the right to citizenship for babies of illegal immigrants born in the U.S. I mean, it's crazy. This comes off the post-Civil War 14th Amendment and was never meant to grant instant citizenship to the children of illegal aliens in this country. The president has campaigned for ending birthright citizenship for years in his private life before he ever got into politics. Um, So, I mean, it's incredible what we have going on in this country. And the president made the comment um, when he announced his executive order talking to Axios this week. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. does have to end. We're not the only country, but there's only about 30 countries here, and there are none in Europe anymore. The U.K. has ended birthright citizenship. India's ended birthright citizenship. So has Australia going on and on and on. Um, all of this is a perversion of the 14th Amendment which was ratified and enshrined in the Constitution post-Civil War in 1868. And the reason that they had that amendment and passed it and ratified it was to guarantee citizenship for recently freed slaves. That's all this was about, okay? And it says, the 14th Amendment, right off the top, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. And this has now been used for the last 50 years or so um, to allow illegals in this country or people who are, you know, um, uh, just coming in here for an extended visit from another country on a visa or whatever to have a baby here, and that baby becomes a citizen, sets up chain migration, sets up them tapping into all of the benefits of being a U.S. citizen, our, our welfare system, you know, aid of all kinds and whatever. And it's outrageous. And it is not at all what the 14th Amendment was about. And the president is going to sign this executive order. 
and everyone is screaming at him, oh, you idiot, This isn't you can't do this by executive order. It's in the Constitution. He knows he's going to set up a court fight that's going to go to the Supreme Court, which has never dealt with the question of whether or not the children of illegal immigrants are instant citizens of the United States. Yaffe, that's what's going on. That's where this is headed. And I salute the president. There is a political advantage for the base just before the election. But this man has been talking about this problem for years. Yeah, and he brought it up casually in an interview. So we don't even know if he intended to bring that up initially. But you're right. It's He's been talking about this for years. He has basically said the exact same words in campaign speeches before he was president yeah. that he could do this. So yeah. it's not new. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk about it in more detail as we have more time in our eight o'clock hour. And I'll definitely open up the phone lines and the text line here on the 50,000 watt front porch. Once a day, every day, we play the sound judgment game. We're ready to go right now. And Steph, let's talk about that great fall family prize. Yes, bud. So today we have a great pair of tickets to Taste of Orlando at Waterford Lakes on Saturday, November 10th. This all day family friendly food festival features delectable taste of the city with live entertainment, a kid zone, and a man cave, and much more. Tickets are on sale now. Visit WFLAOrlando.com, keyword events, for more info. A man cave? I'm in for that. Okay. (laughs) We all need those close by these days, don't we, guys? Anyway, if you're trying to get in and play the game, you have two avenues open to you. Wait for a wrong answer. We'll quickly open a line, and if you're quicker than anybody else, you'll get in. 407-916-5400. I see the toll-free seems, for some reason, to still be open at 866-916-5400. So hop on there right now. For our Halloween edition of Sound Judgment this morning, we're going to give you the iconic sounds of the Haunted Mansion at Disney's Magic Kingdom. Now, the Magic Kingdom in Orlando opened in 1971, October 1st, 1971. I want you to use your Sound Judgment to tell me what year the Haunted Mansion attraction opened at Disney World, and we first heard this. When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. The Haunted Mansion at Disney World's Magic Kingdom. Tell me, what year the Haunted Mansion attraction opened? Line one, you're with me. Go ahead, line one. Complete guess, 1978. No. Wrong answer. We have a line open for you at 407-916-5400. You need to call me. Line two. I'm line three, so. Line two. Go ahead, line two. What year was the Haunted Mansion open? I'll say 73. I say you're wrong. Nice try and goodbye. Line three, what year? 1977. No. Earlier than that, my friends, earlier than that. Line four. Hey, good morning, bud. Good morning. uh, 70. What? 
1970. The park wasn't even opened in 70. Oh, so much for the smartest audience in talk radio, Yaffe. To the toll-free we go. What year did the Haunted Mansion attraction open? 71. You're right. It's an original. (laughs) Didn't think we were going to get there. Congratulations. You're going to Taste of Orlando with your family on us. I know you're going to have a great, great time. Nice to have you on the show. And how do you feel about winning Sound Judgment? Um, I feel great. (laughs) And you knew that was an original? Uh-huh. Very good. What's your first name? Julia. Julia? Yes. Okay. Yeah. From what town, Julia? Um, I'm from St. Cloud. Well, wonderful to have you in from Osceola County. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Orlando. And congratulations on winning Sound Judgment. Thank you. Don't go away, darling. I'm going to put you and Steph together off air to make the connection on the prize. Bottom of the hour, in for Deb this morning, and doing a great job for us on her first time, veteran newswoman Cecily Wilson, updating all the news for you, and it's a final push for votes a week out from the election, and Halloween crafting may be more dangerous than you think. We'll find out about that as well as we roll on here on the Halloween edition of Good Morning Orlando. From all of us to you, good morning at 7.30. Yaffe, I thought you were playing more Haunted Mansion music there. You're creeping me out. (laughs) We're ready to go at the bottom of the hour. I thought we were in a commercial with that. I didn't know where that was all going. Anyway, I do know where we're headed right now. And right across from me here on the 50,000-watt front porch, joining us and bringing us the news in for Deb as we build a little bit of bench strength, um, Cecily Wilson. We'll we'll talk a little bit about you and uh, from a professional and personal standpoint shortly. But first of all, in the news... Um, the politics as we approach the election of all the recent political violence. What do you have on that? Yeah, well, because last week's mail bomb scare could have an effect on next week's midterm election. But um, University of Central Florida political science professor Aubrey Jewett says the suspects Florida ties in support of Donald Trump could really rally Sunshine State voters who oppose the president's agenda. That includes Democrats wavering independence. But Jewett says Trump's rallies tonight in Fort Myers and Saturday night in Pensacola could really fire up Republicans. So the news brought to you today by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And a little more fun news. It's yeah. Halloween. Yes, Halloween crafting may be a little more dangerous than you think. It's not as tricks and treated all the way around the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission estimates that there were a total of 4,500 Halloween-related injuries during October and November of last year. Now, they advise safety should be the first priority in your Halloween do-it-yourself crafts. Their guidelines insist pumpkin carving should be left to the adults and not the children. They also say baggy or inflammable costumes should be avoided altogether and to use battery-operated lights or glow sticks instead of the candles, right? I got to tell you, I still carve pumpkins, you know, and I almost sliced my finger off the other day doing it, you know, so even adults got to be careful with that, particularly if you got a thick-skinned pumpkin. Absolutely got to be careful. So, again, follow those those tips. Yep. And speaking of Halloween, Mm -hmm. an Arizona company is offering, get this, free snake removal on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, The company Rattlesnake Solutions says if you find a snake in your yard while the kids are trick-or-treating, don't scream. (laughs) Call them and they'll come and get it free of charge. The Halloween special is available in Phoenix and Tucson and the company promises 
100% humane snake relocation. They need to open a Florida office. We got snakes all over the place for crying out loud. Exactly, right? Gee whiz. So don't call Ghostbusters. Call the snake solutions, right? They'll they'll take care of it for In you. Florida would be a python. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a big one. Do you think are, they would remove that? Those are nasty. No, I don't think they would. I don't even I, want I, to come somewhere up in the that. fine print, you're on your own if it's a python. <laughs> I like that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So we're out of here. We're out of here. What else is going on? Well, hundreds of people who feel that the earth is flat, yeah, flat, are coming to Denver to discuss it. Organizers say that they've sold more than get this 400 tickets to the Flat Earth International Conference. Which begins November 15th. Well, actually, yeah, coming up, Colorado is apparently home to a number of people who believe the earth is flat. And that's one reason Denver has chosen to host the group's second conference. I believe they're smoking a little too much marijuana. Which they can do there, no problem, (laughs) fully legal. Yeah, one organizer tells the Denver Post that flat earthers believe the earth is stationary in space and other planets and stars orbit around it. So... Yeah, there you go. They're out there, and what really scares me, <laughs> they, they get to it. vote. Yeah, yeah, they believe it, and they get to vote. I remember when the eclipse happened, there was a big whole thing about the flat earthers trying to find a way to explain that. Yeah. They're like, how do you explain a solar eclipse without the earth being yeah. round? But mm. they, they had a way. Yeah, <laughs> they got it. I don't get it. I don't get it. But here's some things. Now, do you remember the uh, the show Boy Meets World? No. Well, okay. Well, 90 year 90 No. You've know, never seen Boy Meets World? I got show prep to do. I don't have time for that stuff. <laughs> Somebody's oh, got to grow up on that here. show. Well, let me tell you, the actor William Daniels is now 91 years old now uh, for his role as George Feeney on the show. The, that was a 90s hit. It was really big. He's being praised for foiling an attempted burglary. Now, Daniels and his 89-year-old wife, Bonnie, were at their home in San Fernando Valley Saturday evening when someone forced open a back door. Now, Daniels acted very quickly and was able to frighten the attempted robber by turning lights on his house. And police say they do not think the couples were intentionally targeted. But they are safe. So there you go. All right. That's what we got. That's a good deal. I can't believe he's never seen Boy Meets World. I, know, I right? recently watched every he's, episode he's on Hulu. He's not a 90s Hulu. kid. He's not a 90s yeah, kid. Yeah, it's definitely a 90s thing. Yeah. No, no. no. Then they had, right by me. Then they had Girl Meets World after that. And yeah. Really? Yeah. Come I don't on. know. What you the heck was You've got to get out of your 90s gear. I, I don't know what the problem. Yeah, you know, what were you up to in the 90s? Well, was bud? it on in prime time? Yeah, oh yes, yeah. it was. was. A I, was I, yes. I was a TV news anchor in this town, okay? And you know what that's like. You're doing the early and the late news. I don't have any. I never saw any primetime. Do you believe it to this day? I've never seen a full episode of Cheers or 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 what's the Korean War? Mash. Never seen what? A, seen bits and pieces on reruns. Never an entire episode because I was never you, home to watch. You need to get Netflix or something. Yeah, I was just about to up say that. You should just do a binge, <laughs> a Netflix binge. That's uh, what uh, you do. Okay. All right. You're piling on now. You're starting to sound like the Debmeister working me over like this. Tell us a little bit about you, Seth. Oh, well, uh, more importantly, I'm a mommy. I have two beautiful daughters, Chrissy and Nicole. Nicole is attending college in Boston at Emmanuel College. And Chrissy is a new mommy. She's my 28-year-old who lives in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And I have a new granddaughter. Her name is Amari Elizabeth. I saw a picture. She's just gorgeous and delightful. And you're so giddy about this. I know. You're so young to be a grandma. You're absolutely amazing. Tell us about some of the things you've, you've done in your profession. 
professional career here. You've been in broadcasting quite oh, a long time. Yeah. I mean, I remember covering the Million Man March as a solo anchor in Macon, Georgia. I started out my career in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. Ended up in Tampa at the Fox station there as the weekend anchor with Mark Wilson, the Wilson and Wilson crew. So that was an amazing opportunity there. And I even had the chance to interview one of my favorite all-time models, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. How well, about that? It was a short two-minute interview, well, but that's pretty cool. I did it, and I, I have not... my picture to prove it. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I never got there. I think I think that's awesome. And, of course, you've been a presence on Channel 6 over the years, and it's just yeah. great to have you with us here on Good Morning Orlando. In for Deb here this morning, Cecily Wilson. Glad to be here. All right. You're going to make it. One hour and 20 minutes to go. Catch you at 8 o'clock, okay? Sure thing. In a moment. How many schools go out of their way to honor our veterans in the run-up to Veterans Day? I fear not many. But boy, they sure know how to do it at the First Academy. The Veterans Celebration. You'll learn all about it. And veterans, you're going to want to be a part of this. And we'll get to it right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic for you in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Veterans Day is coming up on November 11th, and I think it will be little noted at most of our schools, very sadly, but oh my goodness, that will not be the case once again this year at the First Academy, the Educational Extension of First Baptist Church Orlando, where I attended for years and actually was uh, was the first director of men's ministry there, and I got some outreach from Brian Rose who is on the line with me right now. He is the uh, assistant head of the school at the First Academy here in Orlando. And it's great to have you with us, and good morning from us all, Brian. Nice to have you by. Great to speak with you this morning, Bud, and thanks for what you do to promote uh, veterans and to celebrate them and honor them here in the great city of Orlando. Well, it's a genuine privilege, and you are talking now with the most patriotic audience in all of talk radio, and I want you to put the focus on this annual Veterans Day celebration. I love what you have planned for next Wednesday morning, November 7th at 10 a.m. at the First Academy. Tell us about it. Yes, sir. Well, a number of years ago, uh, several of our students got together and really wanted to honor our veterans and started a Wounded Warrior Club, and from there it just sort of blossomed and... It's been an annual tradition now. It's a, a very uh, significant event on our campus. Uh, we're a very patriotic campus, love our veterans, those who are currently serving. And at 10 o'clock next uh, Wednesday morning, um, we'll have a full 75-80 uh, minute celebration recognizing all veterans. And um, I think it's just something that many schools um, have have uh, either backed away from or, or not put on the uh, front burner to take time to honor and recognize those men and women who have served our great country over the, the decades uh, and specifically since the 1900s um, that those of us who are still living remember our grandfathers or great-grandfathers sure. who served even back to World War One. Oh, absolutely right. An active-duty military right now, our volunteer force, the best in the world, there to be honored as well. I know you're going to have the U.S. Marine Corps Color Guard. You're going to have the First Academy Band and Chorus, all kinds of patriotic music, multimedia presentations, and it's a special time this year. Apparently, you're going to be honoring women in the military. 
Yes, uh, that's something that the young people in our committee, they said, Mr. Rose, let's, um, let's honor women, uh, something that we've not highlighted before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've stood and um, we've saluted them when all the other veterans uh, have been apart, but there's four uh, ladies throughout central uh, Orlando that we're going to honor and recognize. Some of those are it's going to be a surprise. So we won't mention their names, but it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And something that is going to be uh, historic for the young people, we're actually going to um, have um, with us uh, via uh, social media uh, live to Clarksville, Tennessee, with the only living United States Marine that was aboard the USS Indianapolis that was sunk on July 30, 1945. It was the largest loss of life for the navy in yeah it's it's where the, it's where the sharks just came after them and yes, nobody sir. knew they were out there after having delivered the atomic bomb that got dropped on japan to end the war oh my goodness and you're going to have a survivor of the indianapolis yes sir edgar harrell oh uh, boy spoke Goosebumps. with him this week it's 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 going to be great and one thing bud we can't forget about mm-hmm. is this uh sunday will be the hundredth anniversary to end World War One, uh, celebrating at 11 a.m. on the 11th month, the 11th day. And so we're going to have a, just a, a small uh, tribute to that as well mm-hmm. and remembering those who have served. And that will be at uh, First Baptist Church. And on the grounds there, of course, is the First Academy. If folks want to be involved in the uh, November 7th, next Wednesday, 10 a.m., Veterans Day celebration at the First Academy, veterans, the general public, how do they do it? Um, We'll have information on our website, but we're, I think everyone probably knows within reason where uh, John Young and I four meet, uh, right. First Baptist Church. You can't miss it. Um, it'll be in one of our auditoriums there called Faith Hall, mm-hmm. and uh, we're anticipating well over 100 veterans, almost 1,000 people to celebrate uh, the brave men and women who have served our country. Well, I think it's wonderful um, what you're doing with these kids and, and how they support this annual celebration of our veterans through your Wounded Warrior Club at the First Academy. God bless you all. Brian Rose, thank you so much for telling us all about it. Thanks, bud. You have a, have a great day. Thank you, and we will. Thanks to you. You do our heart good. Um, coming right up, we got the Rush Morning Update, an update on Orlando's news, water, and traffic in two minutes as well. Stay with me. You're on the 50,000-watt front porch on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, and a happy Halloween to you on a beautiful Wednesday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Cecily Wilson. Our top stories this morning it's a final push for votes, and poll Gillum leads DeSantis, Nelson, and Scott in dead heat. We'll have those details coming up in one minute. My take and yours ahead on the president's controversial call for an end to birthright citizenship. Here on Good Morning Orlando. At 8.03, your news radio 93.1. President Trump will be on the stump in Florida this evening for gubernatorial hopeful Ron DeSantis and Governor Rick Scott who's running for U.S. Senate. The president's rally will take place at the Hertz Arena in Fort Myers. Eckert College political scientist Tony Bernello says Scott clearly needs the boost that President Trump can deliver in the final days of the campaign. His previous two campaigns for governor, turnout was really, really low, and he won narrow, narrow victories. In this climate, it's different. And I think he senses that. So I think he, I think this change of heart on his part is a sign of a little bit of desperation creeping into that campaign. Meantime, former President Barack Obama will be campaigning for 
DeSantis, Democratic rival, and Andrew Gillum in Miami on Friday. And Gillum will get some campaign help from former presidential presidential candidate and Democratic Senator Bernie Sanders today. Sanders will hold a rally at the USF Arena in Tampa at 3.30. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. With Election Day just six days away, a new poll shows Democratic Andrew Gillum with a six-point lead in the governor's race. The University of North Florida survey of likely voters gives Gillum 49% support compared to 43% for Republican Ron DeSantis. The same poll shows the U.S. Senate race is virtually tied with 47% planning to vote for Democratic incumbent Bill Nelson and 46% backing Republican Governor Rick Scott. The poll's margin of error is plus or minus 3%. Special Counsel Robert Mueller's office says a number of unidentified women might have been offered money to make false claims about him. A statement from the special counsel's office said the matter has been referred to the FBI. Mueller is investigating possible cooperation between the Trump campaign and Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. Well, I like ice cream. Ben and Jerry is coming out with a new flavor for its campaign to promote activism. Oh, really? What do we got here? Yes, the limited batch flavor is said to be inspired by President Trump and is called Pecan Resist. It's chocolate ice cream with, (laughs) with white and dark fudge chunks, pecans, walnuts, and fudge covered almonds. It sounds so good. Didn't no, it, it does not yes, sound does. good. These it guys are a couple amazing. of left-wing nut jobs out of Vermont. This is all their liberal resistance to the Trump candidacy. Pecan resist. <laughs> I'm going to resist that. But you got to love ice cream. Ben and Jerry said to... I do love ice cream, but <laughs> right? I don't love the politics of ice cream. I know, I know. Ben and Jerry's has said... Uh, in a statement yesterday, that the company cannot be silent in the face of President Trump's policies that attack and attempt to roll back decades of progress on racial and gender equality, climate control, LGBTQ rights, refugee and immigrant rights. So that have been that's been at the core of Ben and Jerry's social mission for over 40 yeah, years. That's yeah, been there. Yeah, I know you're only reporting the news, I'm but, you're, but the I'm news. losing my appetite for something I normally just absolutely <laughs> love, love right? ice cream. Did the you ever cream. think in your life, buddy, you would say the politics of ice cream? No. Did you ever think that would sentence no. would yeah. come out of your I'm mouth? having a meltdown <laughs> over the politics of ice cream. But a bump. <laughs> Of course, when you read it, though, it just says resist. So it's like, am I supposed to eat the ice cream or ah, resist yeah, it? I, that's what's right. happening here? You don't, you don't know. I don't know. Pecans, they're Italian. Well, finally, before we go, get ready for tricks and treats today because, yes, it is Halloween. Slow down on those side streets. Turn on your headlights. Put down the phone and don't drink and drive. Wear light-colored clothing, anything reflective or, or light up, you know, for the parents if if they can have their trick-or-treaters carry a glow stick or a flashlight. That's always really helpful. WFLA news time is 8.07. Read about the five-year-old boy tested positive for meth after eating Halloween candy. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's at WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts right now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Deborah Roberts, and Michael Yaffe on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And on the Halloween edition, it's not trick or treat. It's just we're trying out somebody who's got a great track record in this business for many years to build a little bench strength backing up the Debmeister. 
Cecily Wilson, great to have you with us this morning great and good morning, to be Orlando. Here. Yes, it's a little scary, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, I can tell you that. Yeah, wait till you open up the phones and find out who's on the other airline and what they got to say. You talk scary. Right. Listen, we got some great callers and smartest audience in talk radio weighing in in a moment here on the president's controversial call for an end to birthright citizenship. I support him in this. I don't know if he can get it done, but he's the first president who's had the guts to move in the direction of getting some changes made in this regard, and I salute him for it. Yaffe at the controls. Stephanie taking your calls if you want to join the conversation on this, and we'll hear from the president on it in a moment. 407-916-5400, toll-free, 866-916-5400, text line 23680. Never busy, but standard message and data rates apply on the text line. First, though, it's the Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. We've had it going on for a couple of weeks right now. You haven't won yet, but I'm going to give you another chance, right? You can win 1000 bucks in cold cash. Just listen now for the keyword of the hour. You text that keyword right away to 200-200. You could win 1000 bucks. Give it a shot. Good luck to you. And, of course, an update coming up right behind the keyword on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes right here on the Halloween edition of Good Morning Orlando. The president's got everybody riled up over saying he's going to sign an executive order to end birthright citizenship in this country. What is birthright citizenship? Well, it has evolved as a perversion to the 14th Amendment to the Constitution that dates to the post-Civil War era into a practice where people can come into this country illegally. They're not citizens, hopefully never will be, but they have a baby, and by the reading of the 14th Amendment, they are deemed instant U.S. citizens with all the rights associated with that. Listen, the 14th Amendment says this, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. The 14th Amendment was ratified and enshrined in the Constitution in 1868 to guarantee that recently freed slaves in the wake of the Emancipation Proclamation by Lincoln and the end of the Civil War, won by the North, that they would be citizens. It has nothing at all to do, and was no one was ever envisioning that this would cover people 150 years later who had broken into the United States of American, America as illegal aliens, and they have kids and they become citizens with all the rights. It's outrageous. And the president's railed on this for years, and he was railing on it again to Axis. Now, how ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby is essentially a citizen of the United States for 85 years with all of those benefits. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it has to end. He's going to sign an executive order, and a lot of people are saying you can't overturn a, you know, a constitutional amendment with an executive order, but maybe not. And I think the president really knows that that would be very unlikely, but that it sets the stage for a court fight here that should go all the way to the United States Supreme Court, which has never ruled on whether the children of illegal immigrants in this country, by virtue of the 14th Amendment, enjoy instant citizenship. And that ruling needs to occur. That fight needs to happen, and it will go all the way to the Supreme Court, in my view, and the president is the first president to have the guts to do this. This is just bad public policy that people who are not citizens, who have broken the law to get into this country, should have children who then become citizens 
sets up chain migration. These people who should not be here are tapping into our welfare safety net at expense to the taxpayers. There were so many reasons why anyone, no matter where you are in the political spectrum, ought to say, this is flat-out bad public policy. Birthright citizenship, and it's a perversion of the 14th Amendment. Rita, good morning from Orlando. Thank you for waiting. What are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, I'm so proud of President Trump for being the strong leader that he is. I see him as a problem solver, and we need to address this birthright citizenship as quickly as we can. It should have been solved a long time ago. Yep. And... um, I'm, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's taking it on, and thank you, Rita. I don't think it's a pre-election stunt. I mean, yeah, sure, his base loves this, and I'm part of that, and I love it too. Uh, but he's been talking about getting this done since long before he ever went into politics. David and Ocala, what are your thoughts on this, David? Well, but you stole some of my thunder. I was going to explain to people that after the Emancipation Proclamation, the people in the South, the legislators passed right. laws that restricted the right for the recently sla- uh, yeah. uh, freed slaves to vote and, and their descendants. So You're right, David, and it reinforces the point I'm making. Yaffe, this had nothing at all to do, nothing at all to do, the 14th Amendment, with illegal immigrants bringing their kids in here and making them citizens. It's outrageous. Nothing to do with that. It was all about guaranteeing citizenship to the recently freed slaves. That's right. it. Yeah. Exactly How do you think right. this is going to play out, buddy? How do you think? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, it's immediately going to go to the courts, one of the issues, though, is even if you can interpret the amendment that way, it's not at all clear that Trump can do this via executive order. So the courts could rule on the executive order alone yeah. and leave the other part of the question up in the air. Who well, knows? Lindsey Graham is thinking of, you know, getting something passed in Congress and sending it up the road uh, to the United States Supreme Court that way. We'll have to see. That how would it be all the better out. way to go, because even if he does it by executive order, a Democrat president could come in the future and reverse it. Yeah. Listen, we got a lot going on here. I'm going to make more time for you, but be quick and focused when we get right back to the phones in just a moment. And we're going to check the text line, too. If you want to join it, don't hang up right now or you won't have a chance to be heard. Man, we need more time than we've got, but this subject will come up again. And we're going to get into the legalities of what the president is talking about with an executive order to end birthright citizenship and how well that's going to fly and where all this may go with attorney Jeff Kaufman talking with Deb on the legal brief segment. Don't miss that. It's coming up in about 15 minutes. The texters are weighing in on this controversy, Yaffe. What do you got? Uh, yes, but uh, one person one person says this is a lot of different takes on this. Uh, one person thinks that if you go with the logic that Trump's going about, the founders never imagined ar 15 so then you could abolish the Second Amendment. Oh, I see. By executive order, you're saying? Yeah. Well, just just the idea that if you're going to say the founders never yeah. envisioned this or whoever put the amendment in didn't envision it, you could say the same thing about AR-15s in the Second Amendment. Mm, okay. Well, I don't know on that score. But um, I, 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 I'm telling you the executive order is not the end of the road on this. It's the beginning of the road. All right. right. And, yeah. and, and, and that, that's the point we're making here. Keith, you're in Orlando. Good morning, and thank you for waiting, Keith. I think you, bud. Um, I totally, totally agree with you 100%. I, I think uh, it wasn't just the founders who believed this. In 1924, there was the Indian uh, Citizenship Act because this amendment didn't apply to the Indians because they were loyal to their tribes and they were not uh, subject to our jurisdiction. So it, it wasn't just the founders. And, and I think people don't understand 
from the 20s to 65, we didn't really have immigration. That, that was kind of stopped so people could assimilate to this country. And it wasn't until 65 when Ted Kennedy and, and liberal judges deemed that this amendment include everyone. So yes. I, I think Trump's totally two steps ahead of everybody. He knows what he's doing. Um, I, I think he's spot on. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and you're actually right. Only since the 1960s has this all been applied, you know, and created the anchor baby um, uh, a, a phenomenon of illegals in this country dropping a baby and bang, citizen forever. And it's got to stop. It's ridiculous. It's wrong. It's bad public policy. Um, wish we had more time to bring all of you on. We simply do not. But this issue is going to be taken up in the legal brief segment with attorney Jeff Kaufman and uh, Deb. So we'll get to all of that here shortly. And uh, if you have a legal question you're dealing with, you can text the essence of it right now uh, to attorney Kaufman and Deb at 23680. Text 23680 with your legal question you're dealing with in your life. Standard message and data rates apply there. Bringing us the news, backing up Deb this morning is uh, Cecily Wilson, and she will be joining us here in just a moment, and I'll tell you what she has in store. Good morning, Orlando. The Halloween edition here. I think we have some Halloween gremlins who are trying to get us, but they're not going to get us. I have some good news and some bad news. Um, The bad news is Attorney Jeff Kaufman got caught in traffic. He's running a little late, but he will be here to weigh in on birthright citizenship and the Trump call for an executive order to end it a little later in the show than usual means I have more time for some of you who still wanted to weigh in on the president's call for an executive order to end birthright citizenship. Hop on the 50,000-watt front porch, and we'll squeeze you in as best we can. Love to hear from you. Sorry when sometimes we have to dump calls from the smartest audience in talk radio. 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Or text me at 23680. Um, one week from this morning, we'll be reporting the election results. President Trump wants to make sure things go well in key races in Florida. He'll be on the campaign trail here today. Cecily Wilson with the story. Good morning again, Cecily. Good morning, bud. And yes, as that election day approaches, he is making two stops right here in Florida. The first one tonight in Fort Myers. The Republican candidate for governor and U.S. Senate Ron DeSantis and Rex Scott are expected to be at the rally at that starts at 7 p.m. at the Hertz Arena. Trump will also be joined by DeSantis at a rally in Pensacola on Saturday night. Meanwhile, Bernie Sanders will stump for Democratic candidate for Governor Andrew Gillum at the University of Central Florida in Orlando right here this morning. Um, This is the news brought to you by Trisco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A two-year-old's headless Halloween costume, you've got to see this, bud, is adorably frightening. Oh, my goodness. In a viral video posted by the toddler's mom, little Maya is seen walking around holding her head, right? But alas, it's just all an illusion. It's built up out of the costume that rises above her shoulders, and it makes it appear that she's holding her head. Oh, I saw a little bit of that. It's incredible, and it's on our website, right? Yes, it's on our website. If you want to go and see it, you've got to see it, though. It's a picture. Simply go to WFLAOrlando.com to check it out. I got to tell you, I (gasps) reminded me, I made a costume for one of our our girls when she was about 13 that put her head inside a box, a cage. Oh, you know, and then and then and, and, and it was the same concept. And she was holding the box with her hands and there was a false head above it, and it was the coolest costume. And you did that? I did. I used to make some great Halloween costumes. Oh, my gosh. Back that's in my scary. prime. Yeah. Get okay. these grandkids with a few more miles on them, and we'll do it for them as well. Exactly. What else you got? <laughs> 
Okay, we have one more thing. So yesterday, you remember that you told us about the Dorito Donates? Yes, remember because that? I meant to say Doritos <laughs> Donates. Exactly. Well, guess what? Just in time for Halloween, yeah. a new Doritos Blaze Doritos is coming out. The marquee brands, the PepsiCo Frito-Lays division, is firing up a new flavor of the snack aisle to kick off the new year. So Blaze it's Doritos Blaze. Yeah. Blaze, that sounds a little hot for a the A little man. toasty. So yes, it should be good. There you go. <laughs> But no, but nobody's coming out with Doritos Donate chips. No, no, not yet. Well, they're probably thinking about it since you said it. We had more fun because Deb wrote a headline that I just misread, and I thought, well, <laughs> Doritos, kind of an Hispanic sound to it. Donates became Donates. Right, Donates. Yeah, yeah. yeah but not yeah. this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I got the Idiot of the Day Award. I, no, I, no, no, it was I, fun. <laughs> I've won that a few times. Great having you with us for Deb here this morning, okay? Thank and, you. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the um, uh, the birthright citizenship and the call for the Trump executive order. And I think we can squeeze a few phone calls in because we have a little extra time. I just told you Attorney Jeff Kaufman has been delayed. We definitely want him with Deb. Uh, we're bringing Deb in for this this morning um, to weigh in on what the president is calling for that has kicked up so much political dust. Um, an end to birthright citizenship for illegals in this country, for the children of illegals. It's something that's needed to be done forever and the president is going to try and get it done. Will it work with executive order? What's the way to get this done working through the legal system? We call them anchor babies. They become instant citizenships, citizens of this country forever for the rest of their lives. If they are born inside the boundaries of the United States to illegal immigrant parents who are not citizens, it, it makes no sense. The president's right. It is ridiculous. And it is bad policy. And it needs to be changed. And I salute the president for taking the first bold stroke, threatening to sign an executive order here. That will immediately be challenged. Uh, we know that. The ACLU and other groups, the, and, and a judge will put it all on hold and it'll work its way through the court system. And I think the president knows this has to go to the United States Supreme Court. This is a perversion of the 14th Amendment, which was after the Civil War, um, ratified to make sure that freed slaves had citizenship, no questions asked. And it says all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. The, the issue, and there are many conservatives who believe that the executive order might have you know, some ability to take hold because illegal immigrants really not subject to the jurisdiction of the United States and by extension, the babies they have here. But at any rate, the problem is, when you talk about bad policy here, bad public policy, anybody across a party lines ought to understand that birthright citizenship for the children of illegals is bad public policy. We have nearly 300,000 kids a year who are born to illegal immigrant moms in this country. They are then, as citizens, the kids, eligible to eventually sponsor relatives for immigrant visas. It creates a cycle of chain migration, an additional magnet we don't need to bring more people across the border illegally to have their kids here who become citizens. Birthright citizenship promotes an abuse of our welfare system here. Illegal immigrants can then obtain benefits, including Medicaid, food stamps, tax credits, all through their U.S. citizen kids. And then there's related birth tourism. What is that? Foreign nationals travel to the U.S. on business, 
or a visa for study for a semester, have a baby here, the kid becomes a citizen. And there we go again. And the president is taking this on. I think we have um, Attorney Jeff Kaufman. I heard somebody coming down the hallway here. He got stuck in traffic, and I'm hoping that he'll be with us with Deb for an abbreviated legal brief segment to talk about this very important uh, um, issue here from a legal expert's point of view, and Jeff Kaufman is certainly that. So we will have that coming up here in just a moment, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes for you on Good Morning Orlando. A little later than we normally like to do it, and a voice you haven't heard all morning. This is Deborah Roberts, and I'm being joined by the only nationally recognized personal injury attorney who is licensed to practice in 18 states, the one and only attorney Jeff Kaufman. Jeff, happy Wednesday, although it wasn't on your ride in, was it? No, happy Halloween, and I, I got my first trick-or-treat on Maitland Boulevard. It was fantastic. Did you really? How did you get your first trick-or-treat on Maitland Boulevard? Well, I had to leave like an hour and a half early from Windermere to get it here on time, but that doesn't stop it. Hey, listen, we can't get your mic to start, so why don't you skip over into the, uh, the Bud Man's chair, oh, okay. and then you can use his headphones, too. Yeah, Mike, you can go ahead and kill that second, uh, that mic he was sitting on still hot at the moment. Wow, I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the captain's yeah, chair Yeah, you're sitting in the captain's Look chair, but you are dressed like Obi-Wan Kenobi, so I, I it is Obi-Wan only right. I am Obi-Wan on this one. It's, it's, a, it's a fun thing. It is a fun thing, and, um, but listen, we, we really have been looking forward to getting your legal advice on this issue because it has absolutely torched our phones. It's also torched the text line, and it was the news that came out yesterday that President Trump is uh, planning to sign an executive order that would end the right to citizenship for babies of non-citizens and unauthorized immigrants born on U.S. soil. So the birthright citizenship issue protected, I believe, in the 14th Amendment. Um, Now, the president says that he has um, spoken to his counsel, and his counsel has said that he could very well do this through an executive order rather than through an act of Congress. From our own legal counsel's advice or opinion, rather, what do you see? As uh, Do you see that it'd be wise to do it by executive order, or do you think it would be safer to do it by an act of Congress? What would be your advice to the president? Well, I don't know what's safe or not safe. Right now, um, whatever bills they think they're going to get through before January are all going to be on, on temporary hold because you're having the elections that are coming up this month. So bills do not get pushed that quickly through Congress. So the only thing he might be able to push if that any of these houses flip is uh, is through executive order. Yeah. So he might be trying to do that. Uh, one of the biggest issues dealing with this is, is, you know, when you read this stuff, you never quite get the true answer because people are just pushing the hyperlink. They're pushing the headline and they don't realize, you know, we have some significant problems with this. We have we have pregnant women dying on their way over here. And, you know, trying to get this freedom. And listen, I have no problem with that. You know, my family came from Europe, you know, in the 20s and 30s. You know, it's just it can be dangerous and they got to figure out exactly how they got to do this properly. Yeah, well, there it is a big issue. You've heard stories of women coming here specifically from China to have their babies born on U.S. soil so that then they get all the benefits that comes with U.S. citizenship. See, it's not news when when it's funny that we don't care about uh, immigrant rights until it's a political issue. We don't care that people are getting hurt coming over on boats and in and cargo. Uh, you know how many times, you know, you're talking 10, 20, 30 people die in a cargo right. uh, box. And I mean, and no, it never gets the news. Why? Because we don't care. You know, we don't care about our soldiers. We don't care about anything. We care about anything that somebody will click on. If you're not willing to click on it, we don't care. 
And in this situation, I think we got to protect the people coming over. And one of the things is to make sure that if you are pregnant and everything else like that, that it's not a dangerous journey for you. Well, speaking of a dangerous journey, another story, and it's got a specifically a local angle, is more trouble for Elon Musk's Tesla company. Uh, of course, he also is the guy behind SpaceX. Well, we have a Florida Model S owner who says that the autopilot feature failed, causing him to slam into a disabled car on the Florida Turnpike, breaking his neck along with several other serious injuries. Now, he's saying he was uh, driving uh, the autopilot feature. He didn't trust it and had actually driven more than 96,000 miles on his Tesla Model S, which costs a mere $120,000, before he would use the autopilot feature. And when he did, he ended up having this horrific accident. Do you see that this is just going to be one more nail in the coffin, as it were, to not only Tesla, which is just repeatedly having problems, a lot thanks to Musk, but also the autopilot feature in general. As a it, lawyer, would you tell someone not to get a car with an autopilot feature? It, it really, it really scares me the idea that people aren't going to. You're going to take the person out of the equation. In this situation, he's going to have to prove that he didn't just didn't ram into the thing. Right. I mean, that's really going to be a big thing. He's going to have to figure out if they're going to have to prove that. And a lot of times, sometimes people say that when it's not actually true. You know, some people be a little. I don't want to say that they're a little. Uh, how can I say, a little disingenuous right. with things. But, I mean, he's going to have to prove <clears throat> he's going to have to prove that the uh, autopilot was on when it happened. And then if he does, do you see it being uh, a case where he could really do some hurt to Tesla's stock? I, I don't think one guy hurts the stock. I mean, for example, uh, the Ford Pinto cases, you know, they decided it was cheaper instead of fixing the problem to yeah. just pay off lawsuits. I mean, Tesla has insurance, too. I mean, the sad part about it is we have one – we have a guy – who has done so many great things. He's an innovator. He does these things. He'll do a three-hour podcast, and they'll take the one thing, oh, he was smoking marijuana. Right. He, he lit up a joint in the middle of, a th- of, of the interview. I, I don't know. I, I think people are just looking for that hyperclick moment. And then uh, the latest news with Elon Musk as well as he's taken off all of his titles with the company. So, you know, it continues to be a case that will continue to bear watching along with uh, Cesar Sayak, the mail bomber suspect right now. Now, his attorney is saying that the evidence that the government has against him is really weak, like they can't confirm it's his fingerprint or they can't confirm that it's his DNA. Um, is that the tack you see his defense having to take with this case Um because I know prosecutors are going to fight him having a bail. Um, a, so do you see that that's what they're going to say, is that the government just doesn't have the the evidence needed? Oh, you mean it's not me? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, let's be honest. It's not me. It was, it was somebody else. Uh, fingerprint wasn't me. Uh, the DNA wasn't me. I mean, hey, listen, OJ beat it. That was, that was $6 billion to one, and it was his DNA. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, that's a good you point. Know, any jury on any given Sunday. Yeah, know, that's the way it works. Well, they also said that they or tracked Monday him through his Sunday. social media uh, contacts as well and, and looked through a lot of different sources. It'd be interesting to find out all of the sources that law enforcement said that they used in order to pin it on this one individual. You, you, it's a terrible thing to, to decide that you want to kill people um, discriminately. I don't like his politics. Let's kill him. Right. Uh, the fact is he will get his day in court and his attorney will fight for him. And we will find out what evidence they have or don't have. But normally when they come directly to you because of, of, of evidence, things like that, you know, other than why or how, I mean, 
there's a good shot that he's going to be making big rocks into little rocks. Well, speaking of attorneys and having the best defense money can buy, where can folks get a hold of you? Uh, they can go at Jeff at com. We answer basically every question. And if you need a will, uh, please come to our website. If you don't have one, that's at com under free wills. I give instructions. The videos are terrible, but, you know, suffer through them. <laughs> Well, thank you, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll see you again next Wednesday. Now you got to stand up and make room for the Bud Man so he can close out the show. Thanks again, Jeff. All right, you got it. All right, thank you both. We do appreciate it. We're going to wrap it up. It's been a little bit of a chaotic hour here, but we've made it work, and we appreciate your bearing with us. Uh, the big Trump rally tonight. I'm off tomorrow. Yeah, you'll be hosting the show, and join us then. From all of us, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs> 